Well, good morning uh, or good afternoon, depending on when you're watching this. Uh, my name is Ike Unger. I'm the lead pastor here at Deer Run Church, and uh, we just want to welcome you to this online experience. So we realize that you're not in this room. This place is empty. So wherever you are, um, I trust that God is uh, giving you peace and comfort and that you're finding strength in him. Our mission statement as a church is uh, leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ, and that doesn't change uh, even in a, uh, in a situation like what we find ourselves in today. And so we have been called by God to be a light into the community, and I, I trust that even in difficult times like this, that you are looking for opportunities and how you can be a light into the world. I just want to make a few quick announcements um, and just as a reminder to you that all of our ministries at this time have been canceled. Uh, we are being uh, very uh, cautious here, and we want to be an example in our community. And so until further notice, uh, please um, know that all of the ministries within the church are canceled. If you need prayer for anything, we're encouraging you to continue to call the church to, to you, uh, send us emails. You can also go to our website, dearrun.church prayer, and you can give us our prayer uh, request in that way. Uh, again, just maybe uh, wherever you are, uh, I know some of you are, are experiencing difficulties. Some of you are experiencing, you know, already some of the, the uh, impact of this coronavirus. So we're hearing about people who are uh, starting to get laid off. Um, and so we just want you to know that we, we deeply, deeply care uh, for you and for your needs. And so please do not hesitate uh, to call and to share um, your burdens. And we want to pray with you. At times like this, I think it's good for us as Christians to recognize that this is also an opportunity for us to show tremendous hope to a world that maybe at this time feels somewhat hopeless. And so I think what an opportunity for us to uh, just exhibit the hope that we have in Christ, to live in such a way that although we are being careful, although we are doing all the isolating, although we're doing all of those things that we need to do, that we are not driven by fear, that we are hopeful. So what an amazing opportunity for us to be an example like that to the community around us. And so I want to encourage you to do that. Um, and so uh, welcome to this online experience. This is a new for us as a church. And so we're, we're trying to understand how this all works. And so our desire for this morning is that this feels as somewhat natural and normal. And so we, we just thank you for joining us. And I'm going to pray. And then we'll watch the video announcement, and then Pastor Peter is going to continue um, our series um, on the introduction to the New Testament. So let's bow for a word of prayer, and then um, we'll watch the video announcements. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this time. Thank you for this opportunity to be uh, like this, even though it's online. I thank you, God, that we're able to still uh, communicate openly and freely with each other, and also to be able to share your good news. God, at this time, I want to pray for all those that are on the front line as far as the health, uh, health is concerned. I pray for the nurses and the doctors. I pray, God, that you would give them protection. I pray, Lord, that you would give them energy and strength. I pray for health for those who have been infected. I ask, God, that you would restore their bodies quickly. And then, God, we are just praying against this virus. We pray, Lord, that you would stop it and that uh, you would uh, just lead us as we are experiencing this. But, Lord, I pray that you, would, that you would bring an end to this virus. We pray for our government. We pray, Lord, that they would make wise decisions. And we, again, just pray for wisdom on their behalf as this is an ongoing 
and changing situation, and we just pray, Lord, that you would guide them. Then I also want to pray for those who have lost their jobs and are in danger of losing their jobs. God, I pray for their protection. I pray for their well-being. And we just um, ask, God, in this time of uncertainty, that they would continue to remain hopeful. And then finally, Lord, I want to especially pray for the Bamman family who lost a loved one this week. We pray um, for them as they grieve. And we pray, Lord, that you would comfort them and sustain them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's take a look at the video announcement. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim Friesen, and I'm so glad you're joining us online this morning. In these uncertain and changing times, we are so thankful that technology allows us to stay connected to one another. All of our church ministries are currently on hold until April 4th, but we as a staff are dedicated to keeping our main services available online and are doing our best to give as many resources as possible for you and your family. The church office will be temporarily closed to visitors as a precaution, but please call the office if you have any questions, concerns, or need prayer. We are here for you. Our church website, dearrun.church, is going to be updated daily, and you will be able to find all the resources there on the homepage. If you need any assistance, there are online forms that you can fill out, and we will do our best to help you. We also want to strongly encourage anyone who is coming home from any traveling to follow the 14-day self-isolation policy. Even for anyone that hasn't traveled, we encourage you to stay home as much as you can. This is the best way to prevent the spread of the virus, and it is our social responsibility to follow the precautions that are put in place by our government. Remember, even though these are uncertain times, we don't need to give in to fear and panic. Trust our Almighty God and allow His peace to give you hope through this uncertainty. Good morning, church. Uh, my name is Peter Clausen. I'm an associate pastor here at Deeron, and I get the pleasure to speak to us about the first three Gospels in the New Testament. Now, first off, I'm going to try to avoid some confusion, so I want to define what Gospel is. The Gospel is the good news. It's a portrait of Jesus. Now, what is the good news of Jesus? The good news is that he solved the problem of sin by dying on the cross. That was a once and for all sacrifice. It was sufficient to pay the penalty for sin, which is death or separation from God. But the story, it doesn't stop there. Jesus didn't stay dead. He rose again and he ascended into heaven. And when we become fully devoted followers of Jesus, we reap the reward of Christ's victory on the cross. 
and we can live a life without shame, guilt, or fear. Now, we are no longer a slave to the things that that pin us to the world now. We are free to be who God created us to be, and we can fulfill His purpose for our lives here on earth. Now, I don't know about you, but that is good news. Okay, now let's get started. The Gospels were not written as a journalistic account. They were not written to be biographies of Jesus, but more of a theological account. So we have a few theological accounts in these Gospels. It's about God in his relationship with his people. It's not a a line-by-line historical writing. The story of Jesus is encapsulated in the four Gospels, uh, the, the writings of, of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. However, today, I'm going to be speaking on the Synoptic Gospels. The Synoptic Gospels are Matthew, Mark, and Luke. You may be wondering what the word synoptic is. It kind of sounds like a piece of scientific equipment. Um, it means to see together. In our circumstance, it means that Matthew, Mark, and Luke describe events from a similar point of view. It's not that John's gospel isn't uh, accurate in any way. It's just that there are so many similarities to the first three that scholars decided to lump them together, which, which makes sense. So John's gospel sticks out like a sore thumb because he cuts right to the chase He's like an impatient senior citizen telling telling me what I need to know immediately. Jesus equals God, blunt and to the point. Now, a lot of the content is unique in John and is dated long after the other Gospels were written. But enough about John. Pastor Quentin will be speaking to that book next week. I want us to explore Matthew, Mark, and Luke the synoptics. All right, before we take the plunge, let's consider some important information, like who is writing it and who is he writing it to. This is important for us to know if we want to understand the message the writer is trying to relay to his readers. It also speaks to the question of why the Gospels have different elements and why they're not carbon copies of each other and why different events are placed in different orders within the gospel accounts. To answer why, this is, there's something we need to remember. Number one, they were written from different viewpoints. Number two, they were written to different people. When you speak to different people, you take into account two basic things, what they already know and what they already understand. This reality challenges us to wear the shoes of the gospel readers in order to understand why Matthew, Mark, and Luke wrote what they did. Now, let's start with Matthew, okay? We're going to jump into Matthew here. Who was Matthew? He was a Jewish tax collector. He was known as someone who would take advantage of his own people. Uh, That's pretty significant. He is the least likely person 
you would ever expect God to trust with his good news of Jesus. He's a tax collector. So right from the beginning, we get a glimpse of God's grace. This book was written from the period of uh, 70, 80 to 80, 80, somewhere in that time frame. Now, let's remember that this, that the great Jewish temple was destroyed in 70 AD. So that means that, that this book was written shortly after an incredibly devastating period in Jewish history. Matthew is, is fighting for the hearts of the Jewish people, a people that would be caught in the crossroads between Christ and and the way of the Pharisees. Matthew speaks str- strategically of Christ as a fulfiller of the Old Testament prophecies. Over and over again, Matthew speaks to Jesus' kingship over the Jews. There are 120 references of or uh, allusions to the Old Testament writings, which is why it is so important for us to be familiar with the Old Testament so that we can understand better how the receivers of this book would have interpreted the writings. All right, I'm going to jump over top of Mark and we'll come back to him last. I want us to, to take a look at Luke. Who is Luke? So I'm not going to do Darth Vader voice. Luke. Luke is a Gentile. That's important to know. We also learn that he's a physician. He's Dr. Luke. So we know he is all about the details. He is meticulous and interviewed eyewitnesses in order to craft the gospel account. Now, Luke has a friend named Theophilus. He wanted to know, uh, Theophilus wanted to know more about Jesus. And this book is the result of that quest. Luke um, was a traveling companion and co-worker with uh, Apostle Paul. <clears throat> Excuse me. Luke likes to focus on how Jesus came to save all people. This would be common coming from a non-Jewish person. Makes sense. This is the only gospel with a sequel, the book of Acts. Luke writes Jesus' story in a more chronological way from start to finish. Underlying the theme, the underlying theme of, of Luke is Jesus equals Savior for all. Matthew was Jesus equals King of the Jews. Now, I want to look at the last of the Synoptic Gospels, Mark. Of all of the Gospels, the book of Mark is my favorite. If I'm allowed to have a favorite, uh, I'm not sure if I am yet. But if I could, Mark would be it. It's written like an action movie. 45 times he writes, and immediately, and then Jesus did something. And, and yet, in the craziness of the very first chapter of Mark, Jesus finds time for rest and solitude in, in the first chapter, verse 35. Scholars and historians are almost universally agreed that Mark is the earliest gospel written. 97% of Mark's words are in Matthew. 88% of Mark's words are in Luke. And there are some scholars who have a different theory. That there exists another source. They call this source Q. 
we aren't sure. Either way, it doesn't change the validity of the gospel. Mark is a short gospel, another reason why I love it. <laughs> it only has 16 chapters compared to Matthew with 28, uh, Luke with 24, and, and John with 21. Mark is believed to have been written from 65 to 70 AD. Again, remembering that the temple was destroyed in 70 AD. Knowing that fact, you can imagine the tension rising between the Jewish community and the ruling Romans of that time. The pressure was building and something, something was about to give. Mark is writing to Gentile Christians in Rome where they were suffering persecution. The persecuted church would have been wavering and questioned whether or not they should take the, the chance and, and share their faith. What, what gets me is the ending of the gospel. It's covered in mystery because it seems unfinished. Or is it? Mark 16, uh, verses, I'm going to start from 5. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him? But go, tell the disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb, for, uh, for trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. The other Gospels finished up the story of Jesus with a nice bow and a neat and tidy conclusion but not Mark. Mm -mm. He stops abruptly. But why? Early scholars thought this was a mistake and so took it upon themselves to fill in the gap with the ending from other Gospels. Check your Bibles. You know what mine says? Mine says in brackets, some of the earliest manuscripts do not include chapter 16, verses 9 to 20. Either way, it does nothing to affect the truth of the gospel. It literally changes nothing. Now, the overall theme of Mark is Jesus, the suffering servant. So you got Mark uh, was Jesus, the king of the Jews. Luke was Jesus, the savior for all. And Mark, the suffering servant. In chapter 8, verse uh, 38, it says, for whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in the adulterous and sinful generation, of, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. At the end of Mark, we see the women running away with fear. They were given the most powerful news in history. And then the book ends. I like to put it, I, I like to put, to be continued because the ball is now in our court and we have to now decide where we take this good news. 
what are we going to do with the gospel message? Are we going to keep it to ourselves or are we uh, living in such a way that people are drawn to the Jesus we are living for? Whether it be Jesus the, the, the King, Jesus the suffering servant, or Jesus the Savior of all, the story didn't end in Mark, probably because it's still being written. You and I are in it. And we are given the opportunity to not just be spectators in the final act, but active participants in bringing God's love and his kingdom here to the world he died for. Church, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you so much for your good news. And as we looked through the, uh, the first three books in, in um, the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we can see these beautiful uh, acts of, of love and sacrifice. Thank you so much that you are our king. Thank you so much for being our suffering servant. And thank you so much for dying for all, Lord. As we contemplate on your your good news lord may you just inspire us to live out the gospel in our daily lives whether it be at home quarantine or at our various workplaces god help us to help us to show the world what grace looks like through our life thank you so much for how you uh, for how you love us and saw fit to die in our place, giving us this good news. We praise you with every ounce of our being. Pray these things in your name. Amen. Thank you, church. God bless you. Well, thank you very much for joining us online like this, and I hope that you all have a wonderful week. God bless you.